everyone welcome to the episode 19 of so lead saturday our today's guest is the young leader in the data science space she did her undergrad in computer science and masters in data science space so she is truly leading her area because she has lots of followers on the linkedin community as well as she does lots of volunteering as well so let's hear her career journey how did she find her passion and managed to be one of the leaders in the area she is passionate about so welcome aishwarya thank you so much for being my guest and being the first young leader on podcast actually thank you so much vishali um so just a uh, brief about me uh, i had did my undergrad in vela institute of technology and computer science and immediately after my undergrad i came here for my masters in data science mm-hmm. in columbia so it's been a very interesting journey for me um it was probably somewhere in my undergrad when i realized that i did want to do data science mm-hmm. and uh, at that point of time i was really uh, really thankful to my uh, people in the college because they motivated me and they had the right resources um probably vit was the one of the first colleges to have cloud computing lab mm-hmm. back in uh, 2013 where most of the other universities did, were not that up to date so uh, we had the right resources so that's one of the major reasons i could pursue what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and uh, i had amazing professors who would always motivate me in research and they would always always uh, be there uh, whenever you needed help so they kept on motivating me to do extra from uh, academics and like just not the uh, like curricular whatever was there the curriculum so i was pretty much involved in a lot of extra curricular and co-curricular activity right from my undergrad and um um i was uh, pretty much enthusiastic about public speaking about debating etc right from my undergrad so that's one of the reasons i keep on uh, blogging a lot of things i keep on writing uh, posts and articles and whatever things i read i keep on sharing it on linkedin so that's why i feel that people uh, really like to read those things because um, whatever i find which is up to date on the internet i keep posting about that and uh, just a thing about uh, posting articles i feel a lot of people generally post articles just like you know copy paste the link onto their linkedin i would not suggest uh, to do it that way because once you are reading something just like write a two liner uh, summary of what you what you find really interesting in that article that makes uh, somebody who is like looking at the post really intrigued into it they just like read those two lines and they feel like oh maybe that's this is something which is really interesting let me actually click on the link and read more about it so uh, yeah that's uh, one of my techniques of engaging people on my linkedin and um, yeah the field of data science has been keeping me uh, really really interested because it's not just one aspect where you're looking when you're uh, pursuing field. Uh, machine learning data science it's such a huge vast topic and now that everything is digitized everything is uh, everything is just numbers and data everywhere Uh, all the companies are working on customer data client data everything is being tr- recorded tracked so there's like huge 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 lake of data mm-hmm. and what is that you can do with it uh, in terms of prescri- prescriptive or predictive is a very large space mm-hmm. so when it comes to data science you don't have to really uh, concentrate on very very specific field 
for example i am coming from a computer science background i do not have any other uh, domain expertise in terms of my education but uh, when you when you get to work with financial data when you get to work with health health data when you even get to work with uh, data which is just text and you apply it in uh, psychological and sociological aspect of it there is so many things which you learn Mm-hmm. so that keeps me motivated to explore more domain explore more data and try to see that what perspective can you bring on to the table uh, coming from a computer science background how can you think about optimizing things whereas people coming from that domain can help you understand that why certain data makes sense or what it actually means so so a couple of very uh, like you know uh, valuable points actually you mentioned which i think that the students who are currently pursuing their graduation or undergrad in this space definitely can you know uh, look into those aspects actually that you have to do you have to grow beyond the academics actually you have to do the networking you have to go for the meetups you have to get engaged into the volunteering activities you have to have the proper professors or the network around you yeah. who can always guide you and keeps you motivated you know what you can do beyond your academics so those are really very valid points i can also relate to those uh, those were the important uh, you know things when person looks into you know pursuing something in the area that and it it never happens that you know a person finds the area of interest like immediate unless yeah. he sees somebody yeah doing something so yeah so you actually mentioned lots of uh, things that how did you find your passion and take the step forward definitely your net- network around you helped you a lot as well so that's good um anything specific that you would like to say that you know when you were pursuing your uh, masters in data science how did you find your interest like do you remember that uh, particular incident that you know when you found that okay this is something interesting and i have to dig deeper into it um to be honest it hasn't been like one topic which i have been uh, holding on to for all this while uh, during my undergrad uh, it was more about big data and understanding cloud computing and how you can leverage cloud computing for uh, different aspects of it that was my uh, area of research mm-hmm. and slowly it changes because uh, technology changes the research changes state of the art things changes so the topic also would change it's not like you have to stick on to one topic all your life mm-hmm. uh, just keep yourself updated and read a lot reading really really helps read a lot it doesn't have to be in your domain anything and everything these days is data as i mentioned so read things even uh, you can get crazy ideas even from novels so even if you're reading management books or novels or mm-hmm. uh, there are like millions of content out there just read as much as as you can and if you feel that there's something which clicks you for example like uh, let let me just give you a very basic example you try to read something uh, about a post about chemistry and something just clicks you you are thinking about how can you use data or like dna rna information to do something about it so those are those uh, like connecting the dots which you are things which you are interested in and then suddenly you find a topic where you can apply it so it's basically connecting those dots and understanding what drives you versus what is implementable or what is materializable in this domain Mm-hmm. so that's that's something which is very important because most of us come up with ideas uh, really good ideas but to what extent are they implementable to what extent do we have the resources do we have the right set of people do we have the right set of expertise to actually get that done so that's something which is a continuous learning process 
so if you're uh, specifically asking about my masters uh, there were a couple of topics which were of my interest uh, specifically it was hyperparameter optimization which i was looking into reading a lot of research about how that can be automated and um, that was something which i read and it brought me into reinforcement learning i started reading more about reinforcement learning that got a lot of my interest i kept on doing this so it's probably about like 2 years that i have been in that domain i really love re- reading about that understanding that uh, how it can be extended to industrial use cases and not just building games so um, i uh, started interning at ibm in 2018 june and that's when i got a mentor who was from a financial domain and i was just very casually talking to him about the things which interests me and he was like oh so have you ever thought of uh, applying reinforcement learning in a financial use case mm-hmm. and i was like i have no idea how finance industry works i have no uh, experience in that and um, i never worked in india before coming here for my masters so this was like my first uh, industry experience mm-hmm. and he guided me correctly he gave me the right um, resources to read and that uh, immediately like uh, fired up my curiosity in that space and i started reading more about that so this uh, concept of building trading models using reinforcement learning comes from uh, somewhere back in 1980s mm-hmm. and uh, till date things have not been materialized one because financial industry is again very uh, strict and conservative about implementing machine learning algorithms in their business because they feel it's a black box more black box model it's not interpretable um, mm-hmm. and like all those other concerns with, along with like monetary risks which they face so um it was just like it just lit up my curiosity i thought of like how can i build machine learning models or specifically reinforcement learning models in this trading scenario which is interpretable to the uh, to the traders to the uh, subject matter experts and it has something novel about it so uh, that is where i could understand that coming from a computer science background mm-hmm. when i uh, tackled the problem i could think about um, think about like what's the best optimizer for that specific use case and that's where i found that how would a trader think about it right and uh, this person was my mentor uh, abhijit so he just told me that you know traders do not always think about uh, specifically short term or long term goals mm-hmm. so that just clicked me and i was like okay so you know what in the algorithm there is actually a parameter which can be tuned in certain ways which can replicate a behavior of a trader so that is something which we thought of and we implemented and it worked really well we could actually file a patent out of it so these are like smaller things which um, keeps me uh, like motivated and creates that drive in me to pursue and materialize something because you have that vision you see that okay this is actually doable and uh, you just like keep working on it yeah so that is very true actually the data science community right now we have actually which is quite motivating and uh, always like you know you find the leaders taking the steps forward like there are lots of linkedin leaders on the data science space who are like encouraging people to learn more about the data because future is around that and mm-hmm. as you mentioned actually smaller things are uh, turns into the bigger ones so you mm-hmm. never know actually you have to keep an eye always uh, to explore like nothing is like you know uh, every aspect actually even though we are talking lot more about the data there is a lot of lot more space in other areas as well where people are leading very well so it is everything about finding your interest and finding out your space and you know networking with the good people so that you will always grow further in your career 
so thank you for sharing that uh, talking specific to about your job role right now you are working as a data scientist so what are your uh, couple of roles and responsibilities do you like to share with that audience um, so my team is data science and ai lead team this was quickly uh, built between the ibm research and global delivery mm-hmm. so uh, it initially started as an initiative where uh, people wanted to connect the state of the um, art algorithms and the research which ibm research is doing to something which can be directly operationalized in industry mm-hmm. so because consultancy still had that gap of uh, having the latest research in production right so that is where we came into picture and uh, we work with the clients for 6 weeks so ours is a client facing job um, we work with the clients for 6 weeks we try to understand their use case and uh, we are not building solutions for them we are building uh, proof of concepts so whatever we find uh, is applicable for their specific use case we try to find the best and optimized algorithms and we uh, try to apply and operationalize that in a subset of data or whatever is uh, given by the client mm-hmm. and uh, this gets productionalized through all ibm uh, watson services and tools mm-hmm. so um, best part about is is you can have those like best of both worlds as you say you get to work with like latest researchers we don't con- continuously keep on working with clients all the time we have ample amount of time to work with the uh, research team to actually brainstorm with them to read the research papers try and implement those research papers by ourselves so there's a lot of learning process involved in it and i'm very very lucky to be part of this team because it uh, encourages learning a lot it's not just about like uh, getting business value that is of course a part of it because we are running a business but uh, it motivates a lot of research and we get to go to conferences either for learning purposes or if we are working on any research and we want to present that as a session or paper etc we get like a lot of opportunities for that so uh, majorly it's a client facing job we work with clients data mostly on site mm-hmm. they are very very particular about their data privacy and governance so we do uh, work on site so there's a lot of traveling involved again uh, <laughs> best of both worlds you can uh, you can go and explore new places new countries and interact with so many people it's always a learning experience to talk to different people in different industries understand their where they're coming from uh, what motivated them till now what was their journey so it's always a learning experience from all these things oh, did you travel so much now uh, last year yes a lot of travel <laughs> probably in like 4 months i had traveled uh, for different countries so it was a lot of travel but it's very exciting mm-hmm. young it's no no responsibilities as such so yeah <laughs> yeah i can see actually is the curiosity that you have towards definitely you are the one who can lead the data science space because it is very much important to to have that curiosity uh when you are doing dealing with the data actually whether it comes from any any domain it doesn't matter but mm-hmm. you have that curiosity to learn uh moving towards the next question is about your you know uh you already explained about the research as well that you got the proper mentorship you have the people around you who can guide you in the right direction so uh would you like to give some more insights about your research um like any specific one specific one right now like which one like anything that you remember like a particular use case that was more challenging for you and then you 
tackle it or something like that um uh, as i mentioned like probably the reinforcement learning one was the one. most uh, yeah the most interesting one and the most recent one which i have had uh, beyond that i have in i have worked with time series data in the past uh, it was most of my internships which i did in india mm-hmm. uh, now i have such any work profile like i wasn't working back in india i came here directly after master so did not have any work experience per se <laughs> no it is actually you are quite uh, young and you know uh, you started your journey towards data science so definitely you are leading the space because right now whoever comes like you know with their findings and one more important aspect you showed uh, that is being the explorer on the reading side as well absolutely and you are reading something it is more or important what did you understand what did you yeah. what are your takeaways from it it is not just reading and you know living that thing yeah. so definitely that is something like a required quality as well being in the space um moving towards like you already mentioned about your trading thing that you know you found something that you felt that okay this parameter can be tuned and we can find more insights about the trading so you gave a talk as well around that right how was uh, it that was the high frequency trading thing that was a different oh, uh, topic different. yeah okay. that was a different thing so that was about high frequency t- trading where you have ticker data mm-hmm. and it also the talk basically talked about how high frequency trading works mm-hmm. how there are ma- uh, different malicious uh, algorithms which are also put up in the space to hack uh, such systems and traders who are trying to make uh, right trades so uh, it was like covered the theoretical part of how the trading industry works and then uh, further i went and discussed about how we can use alternative sources of data to actually understand the stock market movement so it's not uh, enough i would say just understanding tweets or like just one source of data is not really enough for you to understand the market mm-hmm. what i had built was again like a small uh, conceptual model using uh, deep learning algorithms and i had uh, extracted data from twitter and try to see that if you can compare the movement of different stock prices with the uh, either like the sentimental analytics or the sort of uh, feedback you're getting using these uh, tweets so this is just again one source of data this is not going to uh, make you uh, like it's not going to give you an entire overview of how the market would move but it is again one of the signals which would help you understand the movement so when it comes to financial uh, market i had like had conversations with a couple of traders myself like and uh, what they mentioned to me is that they look at such a huge vast space of data uh, right un- right from understanding uh, let's say like uh, different pharmaceutical companies which are doing similar researches and how this pharmaceutical company is in turn going to affect a tech company or an automobile company or like any of the other industries for that matter so that could be like one of the data sources understanding satellite Im- uh, satellite images to see how different um, um shops are being crowded for example one of the startups was working on how you can uh, use the car parking uh, data to see uh, the shoppers behavior in walmart and how you can in turn link that to the movement of the stock prices so there are like uh, like hundreds of data signals which actually impact you to understand the time series stock market behavior so i just like used one of them and i had built a very simple model it was just like uh, motivating to you know try other data sources whatever you feel maybe people can get really creative on uh, exploring new sources of data which might be really good indicators of how the market would move in future mm-hmm. so it was just like uh, yeah i had given that talk 
based on like understanding how high frequency trading works and also like using deep learning for getting data uh, using sentiment analytics over text and see how it uh, would impact the stock market behavior and which programming language do you prefer um mostly python but to be honest coming from uh, like computer science that is mostly when i used c c++ it was a point when i was working in india it was uh, most of the companies preferred uh, r mm-hmm. and uh, r stata and like all different statistical languages after coming here after coming here is when i started learning python <laughs> so um, it was e- comparatively easier for me because i was coming from a programming background so it wasn't very difficult but after coming here i guess everybody in america uses python so most of my work is in python again it's subjective some of the clients do prefer r in certain sections of their uh, coding thing but mostly the business side maybe r is more quicker actually yeah so yeah business use case and after that when you think about the robust solution definitely python can yeah solution yeah uh do you have any favorite machine learning algorithm or deep learning algorithm uh, again very subjective question <laughs> there have been different so times so different your, your choice is fine <laughs> it's again like different times when different uh, algorithms have fascinated me i guess it's mostly like the recent one which comes in and you're like very curious trying to understand oh how is this working and they're like you try to dig into the mathematical aspect of it and then you really understand how that entire uh, algorithm is functioning so that is something which is very like um changes for me time to time there was a point where i was really enthusiastic about understanding lstms and then uh, like bot models understanding like how auto encoders work and right now i would say that it's again reinforcement learning because there is so much things to explore in reinforcement learning i've even like bought a book so i used to i keep on reading it because it's not like you can't understand the entire thing in one go so i keep like revising it keep try to understanding and refreshing my memory about it and there are like so many algorithms um the the brain of the reinforcement learning that is basically like different algorithms right how you're implementing it and that is that has been uh, coming like so differently so there are like so many different um, models of uh, implementing it so it's it's like so many things to learn it's like mm-hmm. keeps coming yeah would you like to share the name and the author of the book that you are writing uh, it's sutton mm-hmm. the book sutton by um, reinforcement learning by sutton okay <laughs> okay that would be useful for the audience actually and uh, moving towards uh, handling any particular data use case actually you have given lots of insights so what you worked on whether it comes to the reinforcement learning deep learning techniques but if you think about any data use case when it comes to you right uh, you mm-hmm. are dealing with suppose particular data use case what is always your approach when it comes to data um one approach is it's subjective if you are uh, with if you are well versed with the domain of that data so if it's coming from uh, networking like computer networks or operating system data that that's something which i understand thoroughly but when it comes to say uh, from a automobile industry or a health industry i might not be able to completely understand what each feature value means mm-hmm. that's that's something when i always go back to like the domain experts and i'm like you know what make me understand these data why is this value between 20 to 30 why is that this uh, like i see that there is an outlier in these data but does it is it like a, a by chance outlier or is it like a data quality issue or does it actually make sense 
is there some some insight behind why the values are the way they are so those are some of the things which i need to um, understand with the domain experts so that is something which i occasionally do with uh, with my clients and try to sit with them try to understand that why each each of the features have those values what they have and um, explore that what are the feature engineering techniques which you can do which feature and features could be a categorical variable why are they categorical why are they ordinal or why are they numerical etc so to understand that conceptually is very important because models all they do are uh, just running certain optimizers on top of numbers until you feed them the right numbers they are not going to perform well so the before modeling i feel modeling is just the end 20% of the entire data science pipeline understanding feature engineering the data which you have is extremely important mm -hmm. so if you have missing values is it that the data wasn't fed in correctly or to the missing values actually have some intuitiveness behind them so those are the things which i spend a lot of my time on understanding the data i actually keep manually checking each and every row so i just like subset some of my data export it as a csv and actually sit and go through each and every row mm -hmm. to see what the data are and how what are the different techniques i can apply on each of these features so that is something which people uh, neglect i would say Mm. spend a lot of time with your data like to a point that it starts talking to you and mm -hmm. yeah so that's the amount of uh, aggressiveness you should put on understanding the data mm -hmm. and that's when you will be able to one choose the right models for it uh, do the right sort of treatment and uh, whatever feature engineering and applying on that uh, it's very crucial for the model building phase when it comes to like understanding the data domain is important right so if you are dealing with different domains uh, what is your approach actually to learn that particular domain uh, as i mentioned like typically i talk to the domain experts mm -hmm. but in case they are not available i go on site if you have a data dictionary which which is the metadata of what each feature uh, means so even if you have that much information i guess it should be enough for you to go online to sit and search for what a bmi is in a medical domain and like what are the values how it should vary there are like plenty and ample amount of information on the internet which you can use to understand the feature values moving back to uh, your leadership style actually so how would you describe your leadership style um i'm a very friendly person when it comes to uh, like mm -hmm. handling the team and i'm pretty open to ideas i would say i keep on like uh, communicating a lot with the people around me i keep talking to them about like hey so what did you do for the weekend what was what what is that you're reading and uh, this is something i read like maybe you should try this and i'm pretty much open to ideas because it's always very important to build that um, sort of communication between two people where they are comfortable in sharing anything and everything which goes on in their mind mm -hmm. and if you create that open culture that's when people will be very comfortable in sharing uh, the ideas they have and they wouldn't have that sort of um, um, hesitance in saying that oh maybe this idea is not great enough let me just not talk about it but i feel that no idea is a bad idea like every and any idea is a great idea in itself so uh, it just is that thin line between how you can go from that idea to implementation and have an impact uh, for that 
so um, i'm pretty much like a very flexible person in that terms if people like um, want to talk to me about something and they want to discuss even on weekends i'm pretty much open to that i keep telling my colleagues and like even higher management i'm i typically approach my higher management a lot because they have been in the leadership position for a long time and they exactly know how business works how uh, to get things done it is very important uh, as a skill to even understand how to get things done by people they you need to really understand the person uh, to see if they are capable and they are skilled and they are motivated to do certain tasks so if you are handling a group of five people it is very important to understand what is the expertise for each and every person and what is the drive for each and every person that's when you can uh, give that very subjective motivation to them right now i'm not handling anybody i'm just mostly talking in terms of like either the small squad groups which i handle at work or the project groups which i've been handling in the past so just based on those experiences i'm not a manager i'm like not in a manager position right now to comment more on that but uh, mostly it's the open culture which uh, i prefer whenever like i'm handling or working with uh, peers yeah this, this is really very important point as well actually definitely you will grow towards that ladder like you know get into the leadership role being open to you know ideas within the team and giving that you know a uh, space to the team as well to come up with some ideas is very important yeah. team should not feel always that you know a uh, leader is like managing you uh most of the times it happens that when you go to the manager level people start managing you more track uh, yeah. on you and then you lost like you know because ideas innovations and creativity are, is not like a time bound thing so if there is something yeah. that can be done in a better way definitely being a leader you have to have like you know that open minded nature to yeah. welcome those ideas within the team so that is very valid point and thank you so much for sharing that uh do you have any specific leader that you follow Always um like i generally have been following elon musk for a long time because uh, i like the energy that person has uh not too much about like not very specific but yeah he has like a lot of energy i feel that he has that vision where he feels that anything and everything he dreams of he can actually create it so that sort of a drive is something i am very motivated with i keep on reading about his daily routines i keep on reading about like how much uh, work he puts into things how much he uh, likes to uh, manage people how he leads how he envisions thing and what is his motivation to actually bring those ideas to you know products so he's been like one of my major motivation because um i guess he's pretty much captured a lot of industry and the kind of technology he has brought into the industry which has uh, which is again like revolutionary which is groundbreaking it is disrupting all the existing uh, technology in automobile or like spacecrafts etc so it is pretty disrupting and uh, having that sort of a vision in itself is really great so mm-hmm. like one of my um, i would say that is my uh, motivation and personal so you are towards the right steps actually so you are talking about the vision as well at the early stage so it is like yeah those are very important things when it comes to the leadership strategy and vision is very important thing so in moving towards any kind of a recommendation already you gave one name of the reinforcement learning book so mm-hmm. do you have any kind of online courses books or tools that you would like to share with the audience that those will be helpful for their profile or the skill set 
Um, absolutely. If you're a beginner in data science and like machine learning, uh, Andrew NG course is the go-to course if you're starting with it. If you have an intermediate understanding of how machine learning algorithm works, then I would say like you can start with the uh, deep learning.ai, which is again from uh, uh, Andrew NG. Uh, apart from that, I highly recommend you to read uh, books like Elements of Statistical Learning. These are books which makes you understand the uh, math behind the machine learning algorithms. It is not it is not a black box. There are optimization functions. There are loss functions behind each and every machine learning algorithm. There are reasons why those things work the way they are. So uh, it is very important for people to understand the math behind these things, to understand what statistical uh, techniques are being applied behind these machine learning algorithms rather than just uh, being an applied machine learning person who's just like importing packages and just running and predicting models uh, for their data try to understand why the, the models are working even understanding a simple logistic regression it takes effort because there are so many assumptions there are so many uh, parameters you need to consider when even you're trying to learn like simple models like that and uh, understanding how gradient boosting works, understanding how gradient descent works, how the optimizers work is very important. So there are a bunch of mathematical books which I would recommend. I can probably share that link later. I already have shared a couple of those links on my website. People can probably go check it out there. Um, understanding like statistical probability theory and math is very important before you get into the domain of machine learning. That's great, actually. Uh, the whatever you shared, actually, I can completely relate uh, to that. Sometimes it is matter of interest as well. Like you were interested, so you dig deep more, and you know you want to find out what is happening behind the algorithm. But even though they do to take like those courses, which is you which you mentioned, and range courses are definitely the ones uh, if you want to start with. But it is still like a um, little more math side. Yeah. So some, some people who are on the more or on the programming side and then, you know, they are planning to uh, grow in the technical skill set. Maybe they can start with the Python courses as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a good advice to have. And thank you so much uh, for being my guest on Soli Saturday podcast. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, even, even though you are like uh, distant from the people, uh, it keeps you engaged. So thank you so 